KS, Mike, we got another one right. We hit another one right on the head. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of being right all the time. Right. Well, sorry, you did it again. God damn it. Stop. I can't stop. We just can't stop being right. What was it? So we were right about Steve Jobs being stinky. Uh, what else were we right about? Stink Jobs. Uh, what else were we right about? Um... I think when we said uh, the COVID stuff will be over, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, kids can't catch COVID. Uh, the hype is overblown. I think we were. Yeah. Money. If you if you don't remember us uh, saying that type of stuff, I think that episode came out on August 3rd. So listen to that one for our predictions about COVID and how it's not a big deal. Um, I think I think I said based on current trends. Probably close to zero new cases in the U.S. Uh, by the end of April, is what I said. And then I said, and then you said on March 7th, you said, the coronavirus panic is dumb. Yeah, so right. We got, we got all of those right. We've been, we've, been, we've been on a real hot streak this year, I think, with our predictions. And then, then part of the show, of course, our main job is podcasting, but it's sort of a side hustle. We do sort of like... We pre- we pre- we predict social trends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And we've never been wrong about it. No, like obviously we we get a lot of we get a lot of insight into you know tech, right? We get a lot of insight into people. We're people watchers as well, right? Mm. Um, but all of that basically goes into our brains and starts making this soup, and. The soup, if you want to, you can go take a big spoon and take a sip of the soup, and that will tell you what's coming next down, like down the pike. You know, like so. For a long time, we were saying, "Hey, you know, it's not going to be too long before people are going to want to. They're going to want to have like LED lights." And yeah, we were 
I mean, I think we've ahead been, of the curve on that. We've been proven right about you wanting LED lights in your house, right? Um, a lot of times we would say, "Oh, people are going to want more like snack-sized content." Yeah, something like a like a bite, a fast bite is what I think. I think we said we fast, said fast bite. bite, right? Fast bite of tech. Fast, uh, a, f- a fast bite of tech tech content. <laughs> what was the fucking guy's name? What's the guy's the guy's name at AOL? Chingy? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, but I, I, I searched Chingy and I just got the rapper. It's not, oh, it's Shingy. Shingy, yeah. <laughs> y David Shing is his name. The Digital Prophet. Now there's a guy. Now there's a guy, huh? There's a guy. Crazy, this I'm, Crazy hair. We, I know, we, we must have talked about this before, but if you haven't, there are quite a few like profiles of Shingy that you need to go read. One of them is here in the New Yorker. It's called Crystal Ball. Um, Shingy, let's see, where, where does he work now? Does he work now for, because he worked for AOL, Yahoo, Oath, that company they made, and then immediately stopped doing after a while. Ugh, yeah. Um, he's, so his, he's a digital prophet. His name is David Shing. Says AOL pays him a six-figure salary for watching the future take shape across the vast online landscape. He goes to conferences, basically. Um, God damn, this is so good. Is this the one where he... Yes, okay, this is the one where he stops by the office of Erica Nardini, the chief marketing officer of AOL Advertising, who now is like in charge of Barstool, I think. He... He hands her an iPad mini, okay? This is such a good fucking anecdote. I love it so goddamn much. <laughs> he says, Wanted to show you a little brain fart I had on the plane. It was a cartoon he had drawn of a bear wearing zebra print pants and a shirt covered in ones and zeros. Love it, love it, love it, Nardini said. I'm thinking of the bears more as a metaphor. A thousand percent, Shiggy said. God! That's so good. We need to scam our way to the top of some organization, and we can't. We can't. I know. We don't have I... the. We don't have the ability. Like these people have a fucking skill. Like you don't. People see this shit and they're like, "Oh, I could do that. I could be Shingy." No, you couldn't. They're boy. He's a bullshit artist. You, you're not a. You're not. You don't have that skill. You are normal. You can't do what this guy does. This is. I mean, that's like looking at a fucking. That's like looking at Barry Sanders and going like, "Oh, I could do that." I can, all you have to do is just run around the guys. Okay. You can't fucking yeah. run around the guys. You, you're telling me that you could put a dinger in the paint <laughs> off, the, off the boards? Okay. We're out of like, your uh, we're out of your element. I'm just, I'm just trying to contribute. This is, so this is more from the New Yorker. This is a great moment here as well. Um, okay. He took an Uber car uptown to IPG Media Brands, an advertising firm, where he was due to give a speech. Okay, are you guys taking an Uber uptown to IPG Media Brands ever? Do you ever think you could do that? Yeah, like the legwork involved in this, right? Yeah. It's just uh, exhausting. You are at home watching Pirates of the Caribbean. You're not taking an Uber uptown to IPG Media Brands, okay? He says... I think some folks from Applebee's are going to be in the house. Awesome. I'm more of a caffeine-free, gluten-free, raw food sort of guy, but I'm able to find something to like in every brand once I hear their story. He told the Applebee's people to make their brand remarkable, reactive, and relevant. They have to tell stories in real time. 
Everyone is talking about so low mo, social, local, mobile, but they should be talking about homo, home mobile, cell phones used on the couch. This is the fucking type of shit you gotta be able to say without laughing. <laughs> and you can't do it. You can't do it on concrete. <laughs> There's no way you could pull this off. Oh my god! Well, I like his whole. I, I like his style though. He's got he's got the crazy hair. I'm there with him. And he's got in this one picture I'm looking at. He's wearing this nice, wild, crazy suit. Looks like paint splattered all over. He's he's a nice looking. I'm trying to find something nice. You can't. You can't. You can't even do that. You can't even bullshit about the bullshit guy. <laughs> you know. Um. Okay. Looks like in 2019 he left. Uh, AOL. So finally, in 2019, one year ago, AOL was still having this guy do stuff for them, which... Oh, God. No idea what it is that AOL would even be doing right now. Are they still a, uh... Are they still like a... Is AOL an ISP still? I don't know. They have to be, right? I don't know. Following the, mer- following the merge of, uh... As of 2018, Shing has been on a worldwide tour speaking on behalf of Verizon Media following the merge of AOL and Yahoo. Jesus. Well, good to think about guys like this from time to time. I'm just reading this fucking thing in the in the New York Mag New York magazine about this guy. Wow. He I really got a fucking magazine about New This is truly the city. That has it all. They got their own mag, JF. Yeah. They got their own type of slice of pizza. They got their own... Uh... Do you still get New York mag even though you live here now? Yeah, I do. And I and, and I know what you're thinking. That's crazy. You don't even live there. But I prepaid my subscription for years. And that's the only reason why I still get New York mag. Right. When you were making New York money, it was obviously a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. To read all the magazines I can you never... wanted. I can never see, I can see, uh, this was never going to end. I'm living high on the hog, I said, when I was in New York. Right. Making $30,000 a year for, for Vanity Fair or whatever. For, for, for what, what was the tattoo job again? Can you tell me what that was again? That was before, that was a long time before. I worked for Spike TV on a, te- a television show called, uh, what was it called, Ink Master? Yeah, Ink Master. Ink Master, I think, yeah. Season two. Damn, they got 13 seasons of that shit now. Fuck. That's almost as many as YKS Premium. I know. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. You don't know that. <laughs> oh, well. The show, is, the show is hosted and judged by Jane's Addiction guitarist Dave Navarro, the accomplished tattoo artist Chris Nunez and Oliver Peck. I remember these guys. Oliver Peck's cool. And your job was to put the captions on that scene where he says that you guys really embody the Taco Bell live moss lifestyle, right? Yeah. I fucking wish, dude. I wish I had that yeah. job at that time. I would be fucking... Oh, my God. That would be so dope. That's so good. Oh, my job My job was to sit there and type. Yeah, it was not fun. Not a fun job. But they had a beer tap in the office, and I worked third shift, so I, just, I would just sit there and get tanked and type all night, and it was super dope. Is that true? And then go take the fucking train home at like 5 a.m. Yeah, it was dope. Oh, my God. Of course, then you'd see a bunch of nerds using their laptops on the train. Yeah, that was the only downside. About it. <laughs> ah! 
you again. <laughs> Building out this universe where you and Neil deGrasse Tyson are enemies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, drinking at work. Yeah, that's a thing people do. I guess not now because you do. If if probably if you were in an office where they had a bunch of beers there for you to sit around and drink, you're probably not one of the people who's working on site now, right? That seems to be. I bet there's a high level of correlation between if there was beer in the office and if you now get to work from home. Because I think if you are being forced to come in the office, you were not working at an office where there was beer in there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I tried to get I tried to swing that uh my last job. I was like, can we get like a beer tap in here? Yeah. That would be so sick, you know, because it was like a really straight laced company, but like everybody um drank. Had a, had a beer once in a while, but like they didn't do it because I think the owners were like super Christian and they were like, "No, we don't want beer in, yeah. in the office." Which I guess I understand. You don't want it, like a drunk, a bunch of drunk people walking around doing stuff for you. Yeah, but, it's. I guess I'm not. I'm not going to come down on the side of a boss ever. But if if you ask me, should there be beer in the office? I would say that does seem like it has the potential to cause some issues. I guess unless you're like a fucking. You know, a uh, well-adjusted guy, right? Like like me, who can handle his alcohol. Uh, I think maybe maybe having beer in the office makes sense if no one suggests putting beer. Because I think the guy who's suggesting that there should be beer in the office is maybe like, well, why do you care so much? I think I would be skeptical of you if you said there should be beer in here. I would say, well, what, what is this guy? Why is this guy so horny for beer? You can't get beer at home, you fucking freak. That's got to be my idea. Well, one thing I started doing, I was like, uh, I started at my old job. I would, I would bring in beer on like Fridays, right? And like, I would bring in all these different kinds of beers, and we would just, you know, have one or two fucking beers or something. It's not like a, it's not like we were sitting around getting plastered. And it was already Friday at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon, so it was like everybody's already leaving. Continuing your tradition of, of of buying people drinks they didn't ask for. <laughs> just. Just so I can have some. That's so good. <laughs> you're the you're the does anybody want dessert guy, but for booze. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm the dessert guy, so I get it. So I see you. I see you and I respect you because I do sometimes wonder, does anybody else just have a taste? I mean, that brownie looked good. Does anybody else kind of a... Mm. <laughs> oh, boy. Back, I'm, I'm drinking now. I'm drinking this... Uh... Got some uh, ciders. My son's mom got me. Um, tell tell everybody about the ciders. Say what the ciders are. This is a Rainbow Seeker pineapple and sage hard cider. Not great. It's not good. Okay. I don't like drinking any, anymore. Anyway, it's fucking sucks ass. <laughs> Bad for you. <laughs> Too old, man. Yeah. Can't be doing it. But I'm out of weed again, so it's like I gotta. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. Well, you could try. You could try yoga. You could try worshiping the Lord. <laughs> you could try giving your life to God. Yeah. Man, maybe you could. No, I don't think so. I wonder if that would be good for you. Be too much of a foul, foul mouth. Well, don't you think you could curb that, though? Like if you had a little rubber band on your wrist that you could snap every time you used a dirty <laughs> word? Ah, for Pete's sake, snap. I mean... <laughs> Well, you know, just turning into like Ned Flanders. That's a funny turn. Hey, look for that in 2021. Um, I'll become one of the other funny Simpin characters. I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be Mars. Yeah. I'll be, 
Oh, I forgot the vacuum. Classic episode. She forgets the vacuum and they have to go on an adventure to find the vacuum. Classic episode. That one's good because I think that's the one. Isn't that the one where Mo kills himself? Yeah, that's the one where Mo blows his fucking brains out. He's using. He's on the toilet. Right. He's using a shotgun and he uses his big thumb to pull the trigger. Yes. uh, It's funny because he only has four toes. It is funny. It's it's very funny. It's funny the way they drew that. Yeah. No, they had to like set the scene. That is very funny. Um, Brains go went everywhere, like all over the. Oh, homie, it was here the whole time. I'm sorry, (laughs) homie. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's a good show. It's one of the most classic shows. It's fine. It's whatever. It's fine. Because who else is in there that you like? What do you like? You like Marge? You like Mo? Who's let me been t- dead? Let me tell you who I let me tell you who I don't like. That little smart mouth, Bart Simpson. I do not like his antics. I do not. Yeah. Um, I will not put up with it. Do you think there's any coincidence at all? I, I don't think it is. I don't think there's any coincidence in, in the way that Bart is very close to the word brat. That can't be... Holy fuck. I really do think I look at that sometimes, and I really sometimes I really look at it when I have the closed captions on. I'm watching Simpson, and I see, I see that it says brat. brat Simpson. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, truth in advertising, finally. Brat Simpson. You know. Don't have a cow, man. Yeah, we'll tell that to some of America's greatest farmers. I dare you. No idea. I fucking dare you, dude. Let's give an update on an old Kickstarter, JF. From episode, I forget, because I didn't write it down. Okay, that's one of the things to do, is write it down. That's one of the main things. Just moving forward, uh, let's try to write it down. This is from an old episode. It's called I, My K9 Pet Monitor. It's from episode 27, Mike. Oh, actually, I've just clicked the link to the doc for episode 27, and in parentheses it says, probably. So even when we were doing episode 27, (laughs) we were not sure that that was the episode that we were doing at that time. (laughs) That's so good. That's so indicative of... (laughs) That's so so us. (laughs) I, my canine is the baby monitor in your car for your pet. We're yeah. on a mission to stop pets from dying in cars due to heat stroke. Cool. Yeah, cool. But you, you had but, a problem uh, with that, I guess. <laughs> so anyone who travels with their pet, runs errands, uh, RVs with their pet, or travels with working dogs has had, had times where they may need to leave their animal in the car for a short period. Like if you're going into gamble somewhere at the casino, racetrack, uh, strip club, uh, or if you just if you just want to go in the store and walk around and browse for a while. Yeah, these are all. I mean, sometimes you just want to leave your dog in a hot car. Sometimes they're being like really annoying. Yeah, you know, and you crack the window, so it's not like you know. Relax. I'm one of those guys who puts the sign in the car that says, "Hey, calm down. My dog is in here." He's got a blunt. He's listening to his favorite trap music. Um, don't break the window because he is, he actually does have a nine mil on him um, and he knows how to use it. Don't, you can't, you can't leave your dog in a car, you know? 
No. And maybe they've maybe they realize that because this is canceled. It's got it's got nineteen hundred bucks of the five hundred thousand dollar goal. Eleven backers. <sighs> set the world on fire like they thought it would. Yeah. Safely leaving your dog in the car. What was it supposed to do? It was. I, I actually don't know what. What was it? Let me see. Let me see if this plays. First of all, as you can see, the IMI K9 video monitor sits in your car, attaches to your window or wherever it's convenient, so that you can see your pet literally in the video window here, or streaming over the internet securely. And then we also have the pet tag. This would ride on the collar of your pet. And what that does is it allows us to know wherever they are in the vehicle via Bluetooth connection to the video monitor. That so that's what I don't understand. You got a, a tag on your pet's collar to know where they are in the car. How big is your car? Yeah. That's very strange. I don't need GPS on my dog if he's in my car. He can't. He doesn't know how to. I mean, my dog is. They, they know how to do some stuff, but they don't know how to operate the car, they especially can, if I don't leave the keys in it. They can text, but not very well. <laughs> The temperature, the humidity, and also the real field temperature of where your pet is in the car. You can also push at any time to talk to your pet so they can hear you and then you can also see and hear them. Stupid. Stupid. Really dumb. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was canceled. They said, uh, you can't see why it was canceled course because it's for backers only but they said that there's one update uh some guy donated a dollar and said wow seems like this app will encourage people to leave their pets in their cars more often which will inevitably lead to more pets dying in cars which i don't know how you get that from the it's supposed to stop that what are you talking about yeah what does that i mean well you'll have the real fuel temp there so that doesn't make sense what does someone do when they realize their pet is passed out or even just out of sight of the camera lens? Do they drop their groceries or Christmas presents and sprint to their car that is three blocks away and two floors up? This has to be the most careless idea for the use of technology I've seen. I mean, negative Nancy over here, you know? Yeah, I mean, what's your solution? They, they responded to it and said, uh, this was created for the vigilant, nurturing pet owner. Our experience with police canines and conversations with hundreds of pet owners, as well as our own experience as pet owners, has been that people sometimes have to leave their pet in their car. Why? They may leave They may leave the AC running or the windows open, but they worry it's not enough, and it's not enough, because pets are still dying in hot cars. What is the What is the actual reason you would ever have to do this? I'm, I'm open-minded. I will, if someone says, this is why I had to leave my dog in my car, and it's and it's a reason that makes sense to me. I will say I accept your reason for doing that. What what is the use case of leaving dog in car? Okay, here's one. Yeah, maybe not maybe not the best reason, but it's a, I think still a valid reason. What if you hate your dog? Okay, right. What if what if your dog goes crazy in the at the vacuum every time you run the vacuum and you're sick and tired of it? You got to put him outside. So you have you have to, you, do, you don't right. have a yard. So you wanna no fence, yeah. Where's okay? So you're kind of thinking to yourself, where's the place my dog can be the safest? Well, let's see. My 2019 uh, Nissan Altima ha has some of the most safety features of any <laughs> sedan on the road right now. I mean, it's got you know uh, rear camera, it's got automatic braking, forward and reverse, it's got blind spot monitoring. I mean, obviously, 100, 182 horsepower. I mean, this thing's got it all. <laughs> Hundred seventy-eight uh, foot-pounds of torque. 
I mean, your th- dog is going to love this car. And it's a four and a half star rollover rating, so I can feel secure knowing that my dog is not going to roll my car over in the driveway. Or if he does, he'll be mostly safe, probably. Yeah, airbags, you know. Seatbelt. That makes sense. I support this product. Some more, what's some more car stuff? <laughs> you know, a car facts, car. Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, this is a, a crap. That's crap. Ended, uh, tw- ended in 2017. That's too bad. Well, rip in peace to the iMyK9 pet monitor and all of the pets now who will be dying in cars as a result of not having sufficient tech pointed at them while they bake to death, uh, while their owners are at Toys R Us or whatever. Um, so sorry I died. <laughs> My dog holding a sign in the car that says, don't worry, I'm okay. I'm just dying right now. <laughs> this was nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, Mike, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back with more YKS in just a minute. Welcome to the six pack, Mike. Um, I'm going to do the first Kickstarter here of six total. Um, one out of six, 13% and change, I think. Um, the first one I've got, Mike, is called Bastard Slayers. Bastard, Bastard. Slayers. Bastard Slayers. Bastard Slayers. Four, four remarkable men doomed by the dark hands of fate form an elite force uh, in the sake of taking vengeance. On their dangerous enemies. It's written by Max Landis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this could be big for him. I'm really looking forward to it. This one is, this one is from Istanbul, Turkey. So there is going to be a little bit of a disconnect, I think, between maybe what you would write if you were designing the cartoon Bastard Slayers and what they've come up with, and that's okay. Uh, but there are some aspects to it that I think are still uh, worth. Uh, goofing on here we go bastard slayers it's a post dialectic cartoon show in a world that abandoned by very act of using logic in daily life a deadly organization consists of four different men with the same fates rises so okay quick translation on that i think what they're saying is the uh the world is very stupid and bad so there are four heroes that find themselves um working together right that's basically what they're saying um, this is an ambitious animated show project. Their primary goal is to create an anime, an awesome show full of memes. Okay, here we go. As faithful meme lovers, lack of meme featured materials in the visual media was always been one of our biggest regrets. Yes, we had our fun on the Reddit and nine gag, but what about seeing our beloved doge on the screen? Bastard Slayers aims to accomplish that with a completely original and powerful story and a sense of humor, which we are 100% sure you are going to like. Now, all I got to say, Mike, is what's the story? I want to know the story of this. You know, the plot. This uh, tweet from the guy who created it says, my new script, Bastard Slayers, uh, could be my, my, my Star Wars, and I'm very <laughs> excited about it, or whatever. <laughs> I've come to slowly realize that <laughs> Bright, my new yes. script, if, if made well, 
could potentially be my Star Wars, and it feels crazy. Did you ever see that? Right? No. Wasn't that Will Smith and an orc? Yeah. Guy? I kind of want to watch it. Let's watch it. I think for a bonus episode, huh? Let's do it. I think I honestly do believe that I would like it. I watched. I watched uh, the reason why Max Landis is on my mind. I watched a couple uh, days ago. I watched this video of him on some. He's on some. He's doing some podcast, a filmmaker podcast, and he's talking about. God, he was like uh, he he was asked a question. He was like uh, Max Landis is uh, what's it? John Jonathan Landis is a uh, son or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's the guy's name? I don't know. Anyway, he sucks. Uh, he's a wiener. And um, <laughs> he said he was on some podcast. He was talking about how he was like, this script, what's a script you you would love to pitch but will never get made? And he goes into this long diatribe about yeah. Chris Pratt is an ex-military uh, Navy SEAL or something, and he's working on an oil rig as an advisor, and Brian Cranston is there, and, and uh, Michael B. Jordan is there, and there's an accident on the oil rig, and underwater, there's an underwater civilization that gets discovered, and like all this shit. And, I, and, and to uh, this point, I fucking love it. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and and uh, so he goes into this long story about how uh, you know Michael B. Jordan... Starts acting weird and like they, uh, Chris Pratt and stuff, you can't figure it out. Brian Cranston like gets killed, and uh, suddenly the, the Michael B. Jordan says something like, uh, You can never have it, it's my precious. And then he's like, Boom, new trilogy, modern day. He's trying to reboot Lord of the Rings starring Chris Pratt, and uh, so fucking funny. God, so stupid, man. Incredible, <laughs> incredible. <laughs> I, I mean, I would love to see it. I'd love to see the film. Yeah, let's watch Bright. Let's watch Bright. Okay, but now back to this, which is maybe the Bright of animated shows. Okay, we've got look, we've got all these characters: four men hardened by the hassles of the life, unite under the leadership of courageous and dauntless Captain Samuel Sazapola in order to give a final fight. Under his will, they want to take revenge against their dangerous enemies, the bastards. They are able, clever, strong, and fearless. But will these be enough to give them victory against the never-ending forces of the bastards and perhaps an unknown enemy as well? We've got uh, Captain Samuel Sazapola. He's an old war veteran, a seasoned redneck, an underrated boomer. Uh, his, let's see, he says his wife cheated on him with bastards. That broke his honor, so that's why he's mad at the bastards. <laughs> David is a slayer. He is actually successful in life. Uh, he is an ex-CEO. He found himself among the ranks of bastard slayers because of a tragic event he faced. Uh, it doesn't say what it is. Uh, sounds pretty rough. Then we've got Richard Richardman or Dick Dickeman, depending on just where where they wrote it on this page. He's 30 years old. He still lives with his mom and sleeps in a car bed. He loves playing with his toys and trying to remain alive against his arch nemesis, Teddy John. Um, that's a, That's one of his favorite hobbies is staying alive. Uh, Richard joined the team after his first and only girlfriend dropped him for a bastard. So very similar to the other guy. Uh, and I think, we, uh, let me interject, Teddy John is literally Richard's arch nemesis. He looks like a, a teddy uh, bear among Dick Dickman's flashy toy collection. But under his fluffy skin, something much more powerful and evil lies. Oh, shit. So he's mad at his own teddy bear. Wow. That's going to be an interesting arc to watch unfold. <laughs> 
You've also got James Lagerfield. Uh, think about a teacher whose only enjoyable moments are made of giving F to his unlucky students. Yeah, it's James. Um, where did why? Why did he live to find himself among the slayers? Is there anything mysterious about this average and plain teacher? I mean, maybe just because of the way you're saying it. Then you've got a a Doge character called Private, the little meep. Uh, no, sorry. The, meme. I've said meep because it says, as a Shiba Inu and direct descendant of the Mahdi Doge, he loves to oh, drink beepus. Oh, Jesse said meep. Jesse said meep. No, that's... Let's fucking... Can we... Let's fucking, you know? No, that's not a nobody, thing. We're nobody's not... gonna... Nobody's gonna do it because they, you know... They Stop you. trying to make meep happen. <laughs> um, he loves to drink beepus and make unnecessary spins. Then you've got Napke. Uh, this is a... He's a captain who's a, a napkin. He has depression. Um... He's he's from a tooth fairy. Uh, then there's Egg Dog. It's an egg and a dog put together. He was he lived in the refrigerator. Um, there's Charles Neville. It's not the Monopoly guy. He lives in Nonerville. Uh, he's a businessman. Then <sighs> there's Teddy John. This is something else. Um, I'm gonna play you this so you can get an idea of the tone of the show. <laughs> Hello, people. I am Sansa Zapoda, and I know some shit about the universe. Just like how awesome it is, and how it is full of stars, and uh, other things. Universe. Existence. Life. Believe me. Everything in this life has a mission. This is a different guy Everything now. Everything is useless. Everything has a purpose. Possibilities. Stand. Fail. Lost. Completely lost. Yeah. I don't know what... Hang on, here's this guy. Something happened. Okay, this Something is Dick Dickman. Explosion. A big okay. fan. Yeah. A very big fan. <laughs> I mean, so you see what's going on here. Very stupid. Yeah. Very stupid. 55 bucks pledged of $87,327. Six backers, 27 days to go. If you want to get on board here, looks like you get, uh, wow, you get anything? You get, uh, okay, here you go. 59 bucks, you get our good wishes, digital concept, art, personal meme experience, and a script of the first season. So there you go. You get a personal meme experience. So that's awesome. Cool shit, Mike. Uh, what do you got? I got something called the. Uh... Look, I got to start out with this one because this is the best one, and then after this one, it's all downhill. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna. Uh, this is called "Thank You for Your Service." This is a song from the people to the people that protect and serve all of us. Let's take a let's take a listen. All right. Love of our 
It's really good, yeah. Jesus Christ, man. That shit sucks really bad. Thank you. I I was listening to Street Fight Radio this week, our friends Brian and Brett, and uh, they were talking about Ted Cruz revealing that his music taste changed after 9-11 because... He didn't like the way that the rock community responded. Oh, my God. So he became a big country music fan after 9-11. Because there's the, we're going to put a boot in your ass. And then there's like the, what is that one? The, I'm proud to be an American. Lee, uh, what's his name? Lee something. Lee Greenwood. And then there's the, there was the one. Uh, post, post 9-11 uh, country music is so funny. Yeah, the, the Alan Jackson, uh, uh, have you forgotten or whatever? Oh man, fucking so funny, man! Play that shit. Let's let's find out and play it. Hang on. Have you forgotten? Oh, wait, that's uh, that's not Alan Jackson. Sorry, Alan Jackson had a different one. Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson had boot up your ass. I thought right. No, that was uh, Toby Keith. Oh, uh, was it? So Alan Jackson, where were you? When where the were world you? Stop turning. That was that was one. Have you forgotten? Was like Daryl. Worley. Worley. Worley or something like that. Yeah, here's this one. I hear people say we don't need this war, but I say there's some things worth fighting for. What about our freedom and this piece of ground? We didn't get to keep them by backing down. <laughs> they say, Holy shit. Realize the mess we're getting in. Before you start your preaching, let me ask you this, my friend. Have you forgotten how it felt that day? Now it's time to go do that to some other people. You yeah. fucking god damn it! I fucking hate this place. Fuck. Make them, make them pay. They stabbed, they stabbed us in the fucking back. Make them fucking pay, dude. How, how, how well did that age? I wonder. They say they don't know what we're getting into. Well, yeah. How'd that go? Well, there's no. Well, there's no. Fu- it went. It went well because I mean nobody fucking remembers anything past like two weeks or whatever. God damn it. Top comment on this one from Zach Cox TV. This song makes me think of all the protests in the United States going on right now. This is three years ago. 
amidst all of the Black Lives Matter protests, anti-police, or whatever the case may be, I think that a vast majority of us have forgotten about the bigger things like 9-11. As much as I hate to say it, it would probably take another major catastrophe like that to bring everyone together again. While I may have been young when 9-11 happened, looking back now, when those planes hit those two towers, all the petty stuff was wiped away and we all stood together as one nation. This is everyone in this country, except for like five or six people. Pretty good. <clears throat> I'm reading some, I am clicked on a random thing, some guy's blog, and he's talking about he was driving through the middle of nowhere, United States, which I think is the heartland. I wouldn't describe it as middle of nowhere. Right. Middle of everywhere, USA. Well, he's talking about Lee Greenwood, God Bless the USA, uh, Brooks and Dunn's Only in America, Billy Ray Cyrus's Some Gave All, uh, Merle Haggard's The Fight Inside of Me, which is it's a great fucking song, but mm-hmm. it sucks. But then uh, you get into like uh, Alan Jackson and, uh, of course, Toby Keith and all those guys. That stuff really took off, man. The fucking yeah, just the, the the anger and the fucking <laughs> that's so good. It's one of those things where I'm like, wow, you know, it would almost make you feel better if it were completely cynical and a total cash grab by these guys, but it's not. They actually think this, you know. They actually that's this is actually good to them. God, that's fucking depressing. I have like a, I have like a, I don't know, man. I think like, I, th- I don't, I, I feel like a lot of it, I don't know. It's like a denial thing for me. Cause I, th- I feel like all these rich people who have these super awful views and stuff, I feel like it's just a, it is like a, it's a, it's fake. It's for the money. They're doing it. It's an act. And then when they, they, they leave the studio, they go home to their fucking mansion and they do whatever they want. Cause who the fuck cares? They never have to. I mean, you have to interact with your fans in public and stuff, or that probably could suck. But no, that what's w- like the what's like the fucking you know you know what I'm saying? Like what yeah. is, what is like if you're that guy? We were talking about this earlier. If you're if you're what's the what's the like? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What I'm trying to say. I'm mad. I'm angry. Well, booting boot your ass. Uh, frankly, you sound you sound freaking butthurt. Actually, is how you sound right now. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it, I think it would be, it's very comforting to imagine that they don't actually think this stuff. Like, you know, I think, uh, like, people talk about, like, the right-wing grifter guys, like, uh, who's a big one? Dinesh D'Souza, right? Yeah. This guy, he goes on here, he makes all these terrible uh, movies. Or, or Terrence K. Williams, or any of those guys. Yeah, sure. Like it, it's, hard, it's hard for me to, to reconcile the fact that somebody could be that awful. So yeah. I, 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 I kind of default to, oh, it's a, it's a grift, it's just, like, fake for money or yeah of course right right yeah but nope people really do think (laughs) like that so pretty good to think about this guy uh he wants look he wants two hundred thousand dollars perhaps the biggest affront of the whole thing it's uh he needs 200 grand just for a song that he already made can we can we hear it i want to hear it a little bit of it again can you yeah of course it's the love of our country we share. We the people love this country every day. To all that serve, the people want to say thank you for your service. 
more auto-tune on this guy yeah god damn um for a one dollar pledge it literally says none none in terms of benefits that you get and rewards i've never seen that before i've never seen someone actually write out none that's it that's the only uh yeah reward is one dollar or more the estimated delivery is january 2024 on this song that he already Anyone's two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that's good, dude. Pembroke Pines, Florida. Hey, Florida man, huh? Florida man creates song. Uh-oh. Come on. Oh, oh. Um, this guy says uh, he's been uh, censored in many situations. He will continue to express the ideas of the people in his songs. He uh, has a website here. Thank you. The number four, yourservice.com, which uh, is a broken link. Nothing happens when you click on that. Doesn't go anywhere, yeah. Um, his previous Kickstarter campaign was called Divine Transformation CD and Video of Single 2012. The greatest sacred secrets, love songs, and party music. Can we part with knowledge? Um, this one was... I don't know what this one was. It looks like another song. Let's see if this one's good. 2012. This is from 2012. This is eight years, eight years oh, between shit. projects. Okay. What the fuck? Takes time. For 100,000 years, Earth became paradise, and we became a race of gods and goddesses before we changed back into men and women. <laughs> okay. I would have just stayed being a god or goddess. This is forbidden on top now. Divine, divine transformation. What is that with me, man? Who? The New World Order. Why? Because I'm revealing the most important secrets about the human race that they've got. Like what? The human race at one time was gods and goddesses. The human race will soon be like that again. It's to my CD. But I got a plan. And let's hope for mine and your sake that it works. What's the plan? Well, I plan to sing some love songs and then to try to throw them off the track. Holy shit. Some bird singing my tree. <laughs> the tree inside my heart. Oh my god. Songs of joy. I can't believe this. At the twilight of love. I got it. <laughs> then we take them on a Star Trek love adventure so they won't realize what's going on and just try to make them fall in love. Uh, the f- no! 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 <laughs> what? There are places of the heart this man has never gone before. This is a romance <laughs> together that we explore. About my song 2012. You mean the end of the world? Oh, no, it's not the end of the world. It's the beginning of a world. That's what they try to, to make you believe. 
The galaxy runs on spiritual time. In 2012, Earth crossed the center of the galaxy. In 2012, crossing the divine line in space and time. In 2012, oh my God. He wakes up in humankind in 2012. Oh, yeah. Hear the galaxy spiritual wake up bell. Oh, my goodness. I hope this works out. I don't put these love songs on this track that's supposed to be telling you about the beginning and the end of the world, and everybody's falling in love. Oh, man. I don't know. I hope this works out. Now, with Cosmic Love, this is a true story. I used to think all the people from other planets was in the sky. Come to find out that there's people from other planets that have been born human and now living on the earth. They all be telling this, this, this stuff. I watch the stars praying to see someone from outer space. To my surprise, I was looking in the wrong place. All right, Randy, I would love to sit here and talk to you, man. We got to move on. I, would, I mean, if I were like a, a conservative guy, I would be like, can we get one guy on our side who is not insane? <laughs> Can we get one guy who's normal? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool. You know what? That is pretty cool to have that belief system. If you thought aliens were living here and you're walking around saying hello to aliens all day, I don't know. Maybe that would be more fun. <laughs> I just kind of think everybody's a big jerk. Thank you for your service. It's a song from the people to the people that protect and serve all of us for the people who are in the military national guards yeah. air force navy police force healthcare workers such as doctors nurses truck drivers hey uber and lyft drivers too this is your opportunity to say thank you uh from the people mm-hmm. the song yeah cool very cool shit uh two of 200 grand two backers 59 days to go wow all right Two two backers. Two two people said here's a here's a dollar. Here's a buck. That's really sad. Yeah. That's really sad. Walk in his footsteps, sandals, Mike. Walk in his footsteps. What do we think about when we hear walk in his footsteps? What do you what comes to your mind? Well, it'd be, have to be that old uh that old J C upstairs, you know. Yep. Walking in the uh sand and say, he says, uh, hey, when there was one set of footprints that was me doing the walking so don't think that uh you did anything that was all me yeah you weren't even really honestly you weren't even trying and we're gonna have to talk about this at some point the way that you are not pulling your weight in this relationship you know yeah 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 i mean i did i i literally died on the cross i mean right give me some anything can you at least wear some Anything shoes that, that respect me? Any kind of novelty shoe, footwear that reflects that you think I'm cool? Anything that would make me feel better? Walk in his footsteps, cross bottom sandals. Walk in his foot bops, cr- uh, uh, foot bops, cross bop bops. Foot Leave bops. his mark with every. Mike said foot bops. Come on, gang. Do not. Let's do get not. this motherfucker. No! Yes, he no! said foot bops. <laughs> This is, these are sandals with a big cross on the bottom, so the the gag of it is that you're supposed to like uh, walk on the sand or in the mud, I guess, and they leave a cross on the ground. 
Mm. Or if you kick kick your feet up, everybody can see the cross on your shoes, I guess. God damn, dude. You know what this reminded me of immediately? It reminded me of the atheist shoes from probably That was a while, yes. years ago. I remember this. Um, probably 17 years ago. Atheist Berlin had these atheist shoes back in 2012 where they, uh, on the sole of the shoes, completely smooth sole of the shoe except for some writing that was in, in set in the uh, bottom of the shoe that says, Ich bin Atheist. Oh, I forgot that it was German. That's so funny. Imagine the, the atheist shoe guy walking up and then meeting the cross guy, shoe guy. And kicking at each other. It was fucking kick battle. Yeah. Fuck. On one, on one leg, just kicking at each other. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> yeah, they'd be having a kick battle. Um, <laughs> just, you know, to see who wins. Um, it's the ultimate showdown. It, the ultimate shoe down. The ultimate shoe down. Come yes, on. That's, Come on. That's good. Uh, this is, uh, so I, when I first looked at this one, I thought what it did was leave an imprint of a cross like negative into the sand, which would be really, really stupid because that means your shoe would be uneven. Um, but it actually is a, what, what, what's the opposite of an imprint? I don't actually know, but the, the cross is concave like, in, instead of, I, I don't know. Like one of those, one of those words, but basically the, email. Yeah, please don't. Um, the, just, if you want to email in, just make sure that you mention the fact that Mike said foot bops. Yeah. Jesse said whatever he said earlier. Meep. I think, uh, just be email about that. I don't remember. I remember you said foot bops. <laughs> it's a constant reminder of how we should live daily, just as Christ did. Wearing flip flops. I guess he did. Um, yes, he did, or some type of shoe. Huh? Some type of shoe. He probably did wear a shoe. Um, this is interesting. Um, it says, in these uncertain times, people are looking to believe, have hope, and have faith in something more than ever. As Christians... It's our duty to spread the good news, letting people know that there is a God that loves each and every one of us. Um, this guy was really not, he was really not sure he was going to be able to pull off this campaign. There's a lot in here about him. And uh, it was one of the, it was during one of the most difficult or uh, one of the most challenging times in our founder's life when he started thinking to himself, how can I serve you, Lord? How can I make a positive impact in people's lives? And how can I walk in your footsteps to the best of my ability? Um, at this time, I imagined a special, unique sandal, a sandal that had an, an imprinted cross on the bottom of the sole. I imagined a little girl walking in perfectly groomed sand, leaving little imprinted crosses, following her footsteps, leaving his mark with every step she took. I tried to ignore this idea for six years. I tried to resist, saying to myself, I can't do this. I'm the last person to do anything like this, especially with the brand called Walk in His Footsteps. With the poor choices I've made in life, I did not feel worthy. Plus, I've never done anything like this before. I don't even come from this industry. Where would I even start? But the idea was so strong, I truly felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, you must do this. So a year and a half ago, I finally gave in and said, I'm all yours. And that's when I started the process of creating the Walk in His Footsteps brand. Um, I know that, Mike, I know in the past, some people have thought that we were a little bit too snarky when it comes to uh, religious, especially Christian uh, Kickstarter campaigns on here, but surely, surely, even religious listeners would agree that it is maybe a little bit silly to say that God is possessing you and telling you to start a shoe brand. Come on, 
Do people really think that? I, I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, this came from, this idea came from him. I don't just think of things like this out of the blue. So this guy says that God told him to make these shoes. I, the idea was so strong, I truly felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, you must do this. He was resisting this the is, idea. He had the idea six years ago and was like, no, I will never make look, a shoe brand. Yeah, and that's on you for, I mean, ignoring the word of God. Don't, yeah. don't ever do that shit. Doubting don't Thomas. And, but like, this is what, this is what, look, I'm not like a religious guy, okay? I don't, I don't, but this is what God is telling you to do, not literally anything else. Yeah. God is telling you to fucking make some shoes, man. You gotta. He's not telling you to go feed the fucking homeless or give your, or tithe more to the. I mean, this is what God is fucking wanting you to do. This is so stupid. That's flip so flops, flip flops. But it can spread the word to. No. Well, five percent of all proceeds will be going to Firm Foundations Romania. So he's kind of got you <laughs> locked in there. There's a, there's another thing about this. This is his brand. Not mine. Yeah. This idea came from him. God right, looking around like, give the... do I really have to, do I have to do this now? Okay, great. So God God is just uh, uh, telling people to go make, start businesses in his name. Yeah. Is that what people, is that what God is? Yeah. God is a member of the Chamber of Commerce, and he really wants to get those membership levels up. Come on, guys. Small Business Owners Unite. Uh, Small Business Saturday is coming up. You can get an extra 2% when people use their Amex at your store. Is this a God's word? Very exciting. That's funny, man. The Falwell stuff is so funny, too. Man, religion is just such a fucking crock of shit. I'm sorry, dude. I don't, don't want to go on like a big atheist fucking rant. Here I got we my go. Atheist shoes on. I'm strapped in, but. Here we go. Such a fucking crock of shit. This fucking guy taking uh, photos of himself with his pants undone with some lady on his fucking yacht. Yeah. Financed by fucking 90 year old fucking people with no, with no hope at all. So oh, grim. It's so good, man. It's really nasty to think about. The pick is nasty as well. If you were, yeah, pick is nasty. I don't have. If you want to be a swinger guy and you're old and rich, you know, go crazy. That's okay. Yeah. You just don't have to do the the church and the the fake university all this shit. Nasty, nasty freak. Now that he's taking a leave of absence, though, I do have the full, I have full confidence in the board of directors of <laughs> Liberty University. Yeah. All right. Wow. That shit sucks. Um, walk in his footsteps. Sandals. Uh, oh, here's a good question. Hi, I pray that God will work through your business. One curious thing is about international shipping. Can you ship to New Zealand? How much is the shipping cost? Thanks. He replies, hi, and thank you so much for your prayers. Definitely need them. We're hoping to do some amazing things. Currently, we are shipping within the U.S. only. <clears throat> yeah, just not within God's power to... Yeah. Hey, I know I did the, you know, the whole world in seven... It, but... Yeah. It's fucking expensive to ship out of the country. Yeah, know? that's a long way, man. God damn. And not that important to spread God's word across the world. There's some. I saw some tweet. Uh, some missionaries posted. Somebody retweeted it. it I saw like, this. Uh, did you see that? Yeah. Some, they were going. They were going to some remote jungle village to spread God's word or something. And some guy was like, "Dear Lord, please give these people the strength to decapitate these missionaries when they when they arrive." That's so good. Big vibes of uh, what was it? Uh, 
Wow. Yeah, that island where with all the oh. with all the fucking people who haven't been contacted in hundreds of years, and and Christian people keep going to the island to try and convert them, and they keep getting killed. Yes, that's very funny. That's true. But I was thinking of something else. I was thinking of this thing from a long time ago. Um, uh, Justine Sacco. Do you remember this? Where she? No. This was 2013. Uh, she was a communications director uh, for some company, I guess, uh, that owned Match.com, Dictionary.com, Vimeo. She she tweeted, "Going to Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding. I'm white." And then turned her phone uh, off and then got on the airplane. Do you remember that? I do remember that, man. When when was that? That was uh that was uh, just 2013. Seven years ago. Wow, that's funny, man. And then. Has Justine landed yet or whatever? That was the fucking big... Yes. That's funny. Just amazing. Where's she at? What's she doing now? I, You know what? That's actually one of the things I, I'm not sure I do want to know. What's what's going on with her right now? Is Has she... Has she done... Is, is it some crazy grift she's on now? Uh, free speech grift? Or is she uh, dead? That's bad is this, too. Is this the same? Is this the same person, uh, Justine Sacco? Yeah, it is. Holy shit! She's look at her. Look at her Twitter profile now. Justine Sacco tweets about racial, social, and economic justice. Twitter handle adopted for tweeting socialism after PR hack ditched it. What? Oh, so oh, it's not so the it's real like, one. It's like a. It, yeah. So okay. So she's the PR hack. I was like, fuck, dude. She really did an about face here. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, looks like, wow, so there's an article on her on uh, Recode from 2018. She is, uh, let's see, she was fired from IAC in 2014, and she is now back. So she returned to her same job, uh, I guess. She wrote a fucking book. Oh, wait, no, 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 she was in a book called So You've Been Publicly Shamed by this guy, John Ronson. Interesting. Author John Ronson knows a thing or two about public shaming. When a trio of academics hijacked his persona for an in- infomorph, basically an automated Twitter feed that spewed, I don't care. I don't care about this. I don't care about this guy's book. Fuck you. Closing the tab. Oh, yeah. Oh, an infomorph. Yeah. Lost me. You lost me right there. That's a shingy thing. I'm infomorphing more, with shingy. We need more. <laughs> I'm in Cerebro. I'm infomorphing with shingy. <laughs> We're focusing on Homo. A, a dog wearing a hat. <laughs> a, do- a dog named Homo wearing a hat. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting from... Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> that's so cool. All right. Um, what was that? What were we fucking talking about? We were talking about the walk in his footsteps sandals. Yeah. 1409 of $30,000, 25 backers, 27 days to go. That ain't going to happen. Mike, uh, what is your next thing you got over there? Motorcycle fishing pole holder. The idea we have is a way for motorcyclists to have a way to carry their fishing poles, a way to explore without restraints. This is the start of a whole new line of motorcycle accessories. This is our dream. First off, we're going to have this product ready to go by 2020. This is... The only way... I, I, I really think this. I know I've said this before. This is my favorite campaign I've ever seen. Really? This is number one for me. Nothing is better than motorcycle fishing pole holder. The picture of the fucking, uh, the Indian motorcycle with the, I mean, thousands of dollars of, of can't pristine. Say, can't say, can't say Indian. It's the brand of the fucking motorcycle, Mike. 
you piece of shit. Why don't you go say fucking, uh, why don't you say fucking, uh, foot, foot bops. Foot, you don't foot even bops. remember! I wrote it down, Meep, I just couldn't read my hand. fucking meep head ass. <laughs> Fish in wheels is what it's called. Fish in wheels. Um, I was looking at fishing poles the other day because I was like, damn, that'd be dope to get a bunch of, get a bunch of more useless shit in my house that I have to move around every time I want to clean something. But you don't even have a motorcycle. That's what I don't get. Yeah, I know. Idiot. They make these collapsible fishing poles, and I don't know if they're any good or not, but they're, they were like the high, most highly rated on Amazon or whatever. Hey, I'm going to get one of those. Any fishing pole is collapsible if you're strong enough. That's a good post you could make. That's a good, in 2012, yeah, that would be. Right before Justine Sacco got on the airplane, you could tweet the thing about fishing poles and just see what happens, you know? Kind of cool. This is the start of a whole new line of motorcycle accessories. This is our dream. First off, we're going to have this product ready to go by 2020. And the only way to do that is to have funding. If we get funding, then it's possible it'll be done and shipped way sooner than listed. This uh, They want to retail this for 45 to $75 per unit uh, at retail. Um, and it is... You see that You see that selling? 45 to $75 for a, a holder? Motorcycle accessories, yes. Shark Shark Tank this. Motorcycle listen, motorcycle accessories are the perfect market because the only people who are interested in those products are very stupid and have tons of money. So that's exactly yeah. what you yeah. want. The perfect consumer right there. The the guy who is uh peeling out in a sixty five thousand dollar Harley Davidson motorcycle and you're like, Man, you do you not have a, you don't have a cup holder on your thing? The guy's like, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't get the cup holder on my Harley. I had an uncle who always had. He used to he used to ride one of these uh, motorcycles. It was like a Goldwing. Mm-hmm. You, know those, you know those motorcycles, those big fucking oh, old people motorcycles. Can't, can't say that anymore, bastard. What? Can't say what? I don't know. Whatever. You're just trying to get me. I don't like it. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's an ugly ass fucking motorcycle. I had another uncle who won the lottery. I forget how much he won, but he he bought he immediately bought two motorcycles. Yes, and like and like wasted the rest of the money on stuff. Just to, just King a shit. moron, <laughs> Mister. I've got too many uncles. <laughs> so, I know you want to know about the product. Yes, it's called Fish and Wheels. We thought it was fitting. The product we are making is very top secret because without the funding, the product design can be stolen. Okay. Obviously, uh, I know other options are out, but what we want is something small out of the way and stylish to match your bike, because at the end of the day, we are bikers too. So that's a great reveal there, which is there is already a way to carry your fishing pole on your motorcycle. They just want to do a different one. Yeah. That's their dream. I thought you were going to say the reveal was that they themselves are bikers, which would put a whole new spin on. They really know what they're talking about because they. Well, yeah, but they don't fish, do they? Kind of like a hair club for men type thing. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, an incredible photo on this one. An incredible idea. It's just an incredible concept of a guy riding his motorcycle down to the the boat dock to get on his boat to go fishing. And there's just this massive fishing pole sticking out of the top of his motorcycle. Like, you couldn't take the fucking truck that day? I don't... So strange. Yeah, the, the, the fucking fishing pole is vertical on the bike. Why wouldn't you... 
to have it like I guess horizontal or most fish poles you can break down and and this one uh, is fully assembled they're real completely ready to go at any moment like if you see a fish on your fucking drive over there you'll be able to yeah cast that out from your I mean it seems it seems legitimately dangerous that it's sticking that high up off of the motorcycle yeah <laughs> absolutely no reason it could not be laying down flat it is the, approximately the length of a bike you could do it that way. Six foot, seven foot, uh, yeah, ten foot fucking fishing pole. You go under a bridge, it snaps in half. That's yeah. The bridge hits it, and it 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 pulls it pulls out of the holder and smacks you in the face. You get a big hook in your eyeball, and you crash your Harley. Yeah, yeah. good way to go. And that ha- that shit happened to me one time. I was I was fishing with somebody, and they they went back to cast. You know, mm-hmm. I got a huge hook in my fucking cheek. What? I had to dig it out. Yeah. Did they did they cast it or did they realize they had hooked you? Um, they realized. If they did not, that would would be that would be really painful. I would think. Sucked. It was like a big frog hook, man. Yeah. Fucking cheek. Jesus Christ, man. But I'm fine. I'm fine. You're okay now. Don't worry. (laughs) Still eating worms, though. I've noticed. Uh, one dollar of Meep thousand dollars. Uh, one backer. Do you not even realize what you just did, bro? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a fish and wheel. Fish and wheels. The fish and wheel. Um. Okay, Mike. I've got my last one. It's called what else? It's the Zip Mart, Mike. It's called the Zip yes. Mart. Okay. Okay. We've all had our fun. Now it's time for the Zip Mart to come in. It's a new Thank kind. <laughs> fucking song again. It's a simpler and more transparent way to shop for groceries online. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Look, hey, we've got all this freaking crazy coronavirus going on, all this stuff that's happening in today's world. Um, it says, since this is an idea, the following is subject to change, but unlikely. Although this may give a feeling of uncertainty, keep in mind that we will make decisions for the benefit of the customers and shoppers. So don't get wedded to anything you hear in the Zip Mart campaign, okay? Things happen. Shit happens. Bleep happens. Okay? Let me see. Have yeah. This? You have it? Happens. It happens. Okay? Let me see if, let me see if I, let me see if I. You got a beep? Let me see if I got, I guess, see if I got a beep. Will you be showing your? I hope you've been showing your pussy tonight, baby, because I will be wanking my cock when you get fucking naked. Okay, that wasn't it. That I was not beep. Shit. Rename Be from slip. beep to uh, wank pussy cock. <laughs> uh. Wank pussy cock. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is a new gro- this is a new grocery store. This is fucking uh, what's the grocery store thing? People use instant cart. This is an instant cart. Um, and this is why it's better than Instant Cart, okay? Instant Cart, you old man. What? On average, yes. our com- you probably think it's Meep Cart. On average, <laughs> our competitors charge a 15% markup over store prices. To put things into perspective, a bag of chips at Kroger would cost you $2.50. Uh, let's see, what kind of chips is he buying at Kroger for two dollars and fifty cents for a for a bag of chips at Kroger? Okay, you must be getting top of the line Doritos. Okay. Yeah, probably getting fucking Dordo uh, Ranch or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, the same bag of chips on our competitors' apps would cost you two dollars eighty eight cents. We don't believe in hidden fees such as price markups, so we decided to get rid of it. So this is interesting. They see the marketplace, which is uh, grocery store uh, grocery shopping apps. 
where the idea is that people go to the store, get all your groceries for you, and then bring them to you. And the margin is uh, partially influenced by how much they can charge over what the grocery stores charge. So this, this is a service that costs money. They've built that into the product. And what this guy says is, uh, well, that stinks. It shouldn't cost more just because someone else is doing it for you. So we're going to scrap that part. Um, okay. How are they going to do that? Well, our customers will only be charged a 5% of subtotal service fee and a $10 delivery fee. But of course, we strongly recommend tipping your tireless shopper 10 to 20%. Okay. So the service fee goes to Zipmart and the delivery fee will go to the shopper. So the service fee is only 5%. Um, they're saying their competitors run on a 15% margin. They're only going to run on a 5% margin. So you spend $100 on groceries. Uh, Zipmart will only make $5 on that entire order. This does not seem like a particularly sustainable business to me, but... I guess, I mean, businesses don't have to be sustainable anymore, obviously, if they're uh, an attractive enough not. idea, but... You just got to get enough VC funding, man. You're good to go, and then you just ride it out until the it, money runs out. Yeah, but I don't think this is what Zipmart is going to be able to do. And, of course, $10 for the shopper, that's great as well. 10 bucks for an hour plus um, a lot of physical labor and, of course, exposure to the thing that you don't want to go do. Um, that's a great amount of money, 10 bucks. Um, and then everything else is exactly the same as the existing companies. Um, they also have a premium membership option, um, free delivery over $35 as long as you give them a bunch of money up front, sort of an Amazon-style shit there, um, 100 bucks a year to do that. Then, of course, there's the shoppers. You got rewards. You got all the other bullshit you would expect on here. Um, and for 7 bucks, you get a one-month subscription to Zipmart Premium, a thing that does not exist and in my estimation, will never, ever exist in any market. Um, so that's kind of an interesting uh, way to go about this. Imagine having an app where you can get groceries and uh, and it's different. It's orange instead of green. That's kind of cool. That's the marketplace at work right there. That is very cool. Uh, I'm gonna Zip Mart. I'm going to play the video for Zip Mart. I think it has one extra detail they don't cover in the copy. It's just people dancing in the street, and it has a watermark that says madewithbiteable.com. Oh, oh, no. Okay, so it's just stock video. That's fine. Biteable. That's awesome. Look, dude. You can't get out-videoed by the this crazy country guy. Put, I mean, if you're going to start a business... You got to have a little money, at least for the fucking, to remove the watermark from your video. Yeah. That's, I mean, you got to do that at least. Was that 10 bucks? Come on. Got to be. One dollar of 38,600. One backer, 39 days to go for. Zip Mart. No thanks. I will just go to the store. Plus plan for Biteable, $19. Come on. 19 bucks? They could have gotten rid of that watermark? Could have got rid of it. Oh, I hate that. I hate that for them. Wow. Here's some other shit you'll hate. It's a liquid-filled guitar, JF. You run this 
run this video real quick. Here. This is an incredible story for liquid filled guitar. Oh, some funk. Yeah, this is oh. very funky. This is stanky. It also sounds like a bass. This doesn't this doesn't have anything. There's nothing in this video. Let's stop playing this video. Hang on, we gotta see the guitar first. They don't show it. They don't show it at all? Alright, they kind of show it. I mean this is crazy. There's no watermark on this though. Even though they are liquid filled. Did you hear what I said? hard because it's so fucking loud okay i'll this say is uh, a, no, 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 no i want to go back to it yeah I go say. ahead yeah it was very important so go ahead and say. there's no watermark on this video even though the guitars are liquid filled i love that okay and i'm glad you said it again our story begins in the late 1980s my brother had a vision to make a guitar that you could change the color of in minutes instead of the common way to do it, which involves extensive labor, sanding and stripping the body of the guitar, repainting or sanding. My brother and I set out to change this with the help of several family members. We applied for and received our first U.S. patent. Whatever. It's a fucking guitar that's filled with like water. That change, you could change the color of it and stuff. Yeah, so there's like a hole in the thing, and you pour out the water and pour in some new uh, water. It is a... Uh... I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how bad this shit looks. This looks like total trash. And I'm not a guitar guy, okay? I don't know what's good to have for guitars. Um, this is a, It's an incredible story, though, because they... Uh, I mean, this is way back in the 80s they had this idea, which actually is probably exactly where this idea should have been at, is the 1980s. Um, it's the only place it really makes any sense to be thinking about filling stuff with liquid that doesn't normally have liquid in it. Um, beds, right? Remember water beds? God damn, yeah. Yeah, did you ever lay on one? What'd you think about it? Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I don't know why they ever made those. It sucks. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, so in the 80s, they, uh, it seemed like a lot of people liked it at a guitar show in Dallas, which probably means people were coming up to it and going, huh. Or like, yeah. wow, look at this weird thing. Why'd you put water in this? You know. That's interesting, I guess. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Bye. Um, so they applied for a bunch of patents on and off. And then in 2012, uh, her brother passed away from cancer and never got to see this make its way to the marketplace. This has been our dream for all these years. I put the guitar up and didn't do anything with it until 2016 with the help of my nephew, Brian, who had been involved with us originally and had become a very accomplished guitar player and luthier. I guess that's the guy who makes guitars. I don't know. Uh, they got. They finally got a non-toxic liquid um, they felt like they had solved all the issues. They booked a booth at the biggest music show in the United States in January 2020, the National Association of Music Merchants in Los Angeles, California. Um, no update on what happened after that, but uh, probably pretty good stuff. They probably handed out a lot of business cards, you know. Um, my favorite part of this whole thing is early on when they're talking about developing the prototype, okay? They talk about how they can't just put any liquid in here because it would stain the guitar body, right? Because you've got this clear plastic. If you put something blue in there, yeah, then you want to put purple turn, in. You know, it'll turn blue. It'll be all messed up. So they said they they consulted with numerous chemists. They did finally achieve it, but it took a lot of time and work. They were but they were doing something that had never been done before. It's very cool. 
Since the prototype, or once the prototype was completed, we really had no idea how this was going to sound. We called on everyone we knew that could play the guitar because neither my brother or I played the guitar. What? You just had the idea to make the fucking thing? You don't even play? That's stupid. Come on. They didn't play the guitar, and they worked on this for decades. 25 years. I've been involved in all aspects of manufacturing. I've been preparing my whole life to bring this project to life. Maybe you should have uh, learned to play the guitar. At any point, could your interest in the liquid-filled guitar have prompted you to pick up a guitar and just fucking... That is so fucking funny to me. I That's silly. I, I cannot believe how great it is. You got a guitar. You got a bass. You're over there slapping the bass. Slapping the bass, man. Yeah, that's me. Slapping the bass, man. Yeah. What is that from? Is that from? What is that from? I think it's from I Love You, Man. Slapping. I Love You, Man. Uh, yeah, it is from I Love You, Man. That's a real bro-down I comedy. I love yeah, it. I I'm golden. So what do you guys do for like seven straight hours? Oh. Ever. I mean, like, we'll just hang out, you know, shoot the shit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we jam a little bit. You play an instrument? Yeah. can't believe I've never told you. I play bass. Really? Oh, yeah. I slap the bass big time. What do you... What is that? You sound like a leprechaun. No, what that's a that? reggae guy. Oh. I just did reggae. It doesn't sound... It doesn't sound reggae? No. Slap the bass. Hmm. How is it? It's like big time. Big time. Big time. Big time. Slap the bass big time. Mm. Huh. That's funny. That's funny, huh? Well, it was funnier when I was thinking about it in my head. <laughs> um, five hundred forty-nine bucks gets you a limited number edition here, and it has a bunch of shit on here that says what kind of guitar it is or whatever. Uh, doesn't include a case. Um, doesn't in- what, does it include liquid? You have to buy the liquid separate. Yeah, what's up with that? You buy like a fucking so you got to buy this special liquid from them. That seems silly to me. Yeah, because you can't just pour Kool-Aid in there. It'll get all fucked up. Yeah, so I guess you I guess you're on the hook to them for however much liquid. I mean, and now they have they have these liquids that are like staying separate as well. How do you get them out if they're going to do that? Is there like a little board in there that separates them? Yeah, is there a board? I don't know. I don't know if there's a board or not. <laughs> but uh they've got all these uh links on here. Look who stopped by for the booth for an interview. CNN. I mean, you can't hear the audio of the interview. Obviously, they didn't get the yeah. rights to that. It's just it sounds sounds good though. They're just filming the guy talking to a guy with a microphone. I guess it's CNN. That's, that's awesome. It's not actually hey, CNN, you know. But can we get maybe if we get you know what helped the Kickstarter campaign? If we could put up the world's loudest video of uh, yeah a convention center. Two guys standing five hundred feet away in a convention center. <laughs> we could do that. Here's a guy playing it. That's not him playing it. This is now. This is so fucking quiet. Why is this so quiet? I, I think it'll. Yeah. There we go. So he's playing the Brian guitar. That's what it's called, the Brian guitar. So look, I mean, that guy's playing the guitar pretty well, seems like. So yeah, the difference here is that if he wanted to, he could like pop the ta- the tab and like pour out the goop and then put some different goop in there. Yeah. 
So that's cool. Have you ever fucking... Have you ever tried to clean out like a water bottle that has a small opening at the top? Yeah, you're never going to get all that stuff out. What's your method? My, mine is I, I squirt some soap in there and then I shake it and then I just waste an incredible amount of water trying to get all the soap out. Is that what you're just, is that what you're supposed to do? I don't know. I just clean it and I turn it upside down. I got one of those, I got one of those racks that goes over the sink, you know, and I just turn it upside down and let it air out for six to eight days. So you don't, you don't put soap in it. Yeah, I put soap in it, you fucking moron. Well, you, you gotta rinse it out. You didn't say well. You, well, you didn't say that you put <laughs> you didn't say that you put soap in it. Now I feel like you're deadly yeah, not trying to I cover didn't, it. I didn't say fucking meep either, but here we uh, are, you, you know. You said meep for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, uh that idea is absolutely sucky. Um and it is one dollar pledged of fifty thousand dollars, one backer twenty seven days to go. So there you go. Right again. We were right once again, Mike. Can't believe it. We're doing so well. Yeah. I'm getting so tick. Of, I'm getting so sick of, uh, so tired of winning. Did you say tick? Time. You're turning into a tick. Is that what you said? Shut the fuck up and move on to the next fucking segment. Okay, let's read some emails. Ooh, you're gonna wanna contact Blackheads. You're gonna wanna talk to Mike and JF. You're gonna wanna call eight zero three three five nine piss. Send them something at their mailing address. Five four four West Main Street, two zero nine Gallatin. Tennessee thirty seven zero sixty six. They got a Gmail. Okay, Mike, we got so much good stuff at the YKS wait, PU wait, box. Wait, 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 hold up. All right, what? That was that was our that was our friend uh, Lydia Burrell, also known as Hal Dodd. He's got a new album out, Looking Good is Stupid. Check it out. HowDotty.bandcamp.com, H-O-W-E-L-L, and then Dotty, however you spell. However you usually spell Dotty. Go ahead and pick that up. Okay. How much did we get for that? He gave me uh, $25 to say that on the show. Okay. That's so. not bad. All right. Cool. All right. Just making sure. Um, Mike, let's read an email. Oh, I was going to say, we got so much good stuff at the PU box. Very excited to go through all this. Uh, we, we do have a lot of stuff. We do have a lot of stuff. I've gotten four or five things, and I've just gotten an email that I've got even more things to go. They send me an email when something comes in, so i got to go in again and get it. I'm very happy to do that, excited to do that. Um, we open this stuff on the, the fifth bonus episode that you get at the Squeeze Louise tier of of pledges. I don't want to say pledge. That's the Kickstarter thing. Subscri- subscription? None of it sounds good when I say it. Level? Level. level. Yeah, I guess level. On the Patreon. Yeah, we got a uh, package for Mr. Stink Penis over here. Uh, Yeah, that's basically what it is. I think I I think even the people at the mailbox place are tired of it. I think even they are sick of it at this point. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. Let's read this email. This is from Lily. Lily writes, "Hello, Michael and JF. I'm a bit of a car head and have been keeping an ear to the ground as to what cars you two drive because I'm curious about your tastes." I'm clearing the backlog, and I heard that you, JF, are trying to get a Nissan Sentra. My question for you is why? You're on the right track choosing a Japanese car, but Nissan is kind of shitty, you understand? If I were you, I would get a Subaru Impreza because you would look like a complete badass driving that sucker around. Let me lay it out for you. All-wheel drive, boxer engine, optional manual transmission, hood scoop, wing options, rally tested. Looks cooler than a fucking Nissan. Um, I get a JF. You need a sedan for your family. Great choice, but think again on that Sentra or you'll regret it. Now, I read this because 
this person's very passionate about cars and I respect yeah. that. However, I do want to say at no point was I ever considering buying a Nissan Sentra. I have no idea what the context for this is. I wonder if they What's were that? listening to a different show altogether. Lily, maybe you're listening to Block Party or something. What what car do you have? You want to dox yourself? You want to car dox yourself? I will, I'll car dox myself, sure. I will. Um, I drive a Mazda CX-9, so I do drive a Japanese car. I love it. I think it's a great car. It's practical, sporty, fun, but also family-friendly. <laughs> you know? Um, That's a nice-looking car. Thanks. Thank you for saying that. Um, I'm proud of my car. Um, I identify with my car. I love my car. I simply must drive my car every day. You know? <laughs> You're in the fucking car with the driving gloves on. <laughs> but that is, uh, that's so funny. I have no idea where this could possibly come. I never would buy a Nissan Sentra. In my life, you couldn't fucking pay me yeah. to drive a Nissan Now someone who drives a Nissan Sentra is going to... I mean, I'm going to look up a Nissan Sentra. It's just a normal Let's, car. Fuck it. Fuck it. Let's go 2020. Nissan Sentra 2020. Yeah, it just looks like a normal ass car. It's a normal car. I don't like a normal ass car. I had no. a I had a Scion IQ, which was like the dumb guy smart car, and I destroyed it immediately. That's true. And so I got like another silly looking car. I got the Hyundai Veloster Turbo. Very silly. Which is like which is cool. Which is I think it's cool. It's got three doors. I always had to get some fucking stupid. Yeah, I'm the same way. My first car was a Carmen Ghia, and that was fucking dumb. Is that I true? Mean, it's a great car. Yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't drivable. My stepdad got look, look. My stepdad got me this car when I was like sixteen, in lieu of giving me like an actual car. He got me like a car to work on and stuff, which was like this old fucking car that he got off of like eBay or something like that. That's incredible. Had transported to our house, and like, I was supposed to like work on it and take pride in it and stuff. But I mean, no fucking sixteen-year-old kid is ever gonna do that shit. How are you gonna fucking repair a Carmen Ghia? Yeah, see, that's the problem, right? You had to, I had to sand the fucking thing. So I spent, like, so much time out there in the garage, like, sanding the fucking car and putting a lot of work into this car and stuff. But I don't have any fucking money. I'm not going to buy parts for this car, and he's not going to do anything. It was just so stupid. Don't buy – and so I got, like, an Audi something. I got, like, an Audi. Wow. And uh, that was a nice car, but it was a manual. So Right. And I didn't know how to drive a manual, so there were tons of times where I would be in traffic with my friends at, like, a stoplight and stuff, and I would just – stall out oh my <laughs> like, god but i learned to drive it i mean it's fine but i always had to get some fucking weird ass car i like i like weird ass cars i do too i i think if you're gonna be in it it's nice to have something that's weird i i would not get yeah i wouldn't get like a like a white like a white nissan yeah, why, why would you, yeah don't get it like a, just a normal fucking coupe with gr- car that's with so stupid gray seats in it or whatever i just i'm not that I'm even in my car that much. I'm not. But it's like, if it's six of one, half a dozen the other, I'll just get the weird looking one. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, it doesn't... Right, if I'm paying, like, you know, tons of fucking money for a car, I want to be, I want to, like, enjoy it. You know? And it's wanna... not like the normal ones are any cheaper. Yeah. You know? You get the the boring looking car. It's the cost the same fucking amount of money. So, that's that's where I come. I don't know where. I, I must have said something about Nissan Sentra. I don't know what I would have said, even. But no, I wasn't going to get that. But thank you. Um... Um, I drive a poop mobile. That would have been a funnier thing to say. But, um, we got one more from Ed. Says hello, Ed, uh, Jesse, and my- hello, Ed. Why would he say hello to himself? Hello, Jesse and Michael. I wanted to know if you had noticed a trend. I think I am seeing at gas stations and convenience stores in my local area. The trend I am speaking 
of is the proliferation of flaming hot branded snacks. Now, I've not seen this, JF. Have you? Have you seen this out in the wild? I have like, seen this. I have seen the flaming hot brand. Yeah, it's becoming. What do they? What do they got? What else do they got? Well, they do have so flaming hot Cheetos is the standard, obviously, but yeah, they have flaming right. hot. Uh, I've seen flaming hot Funyuns, um, which I haven't bought because I flamin respect hot myself. Popcorn, flaming hot. Yes. Limon, crunchy. Yes. That seems nice. I'd take a take a snack on that. They've even got they've just got normal chips as well. They've got flaming hot Lay's chips. Yeah, the smart food they've got. I've had the smart food. It's fine. Um, yeah, they got the Cheetos twice as hot, ex- extra flaming hot, crunchy. That's nice. cool. Lay's kettle cooked flaming hot. And I'll look Fritos, at this. flaming hot corn chips. Lay's flaming hot dill pickle. Oh my! Now that I I like. That's enough to now make me like. uh, pull up. Uh, what was that app? Zip Mart and get somebody out there for ten dollars yeah. to get me some chips. Yeah. Um, yeah, they uh. They Flamin' Hot is coming back, and uh, uh, Ed shares the anecdote here about uh, Richard Montanez, who started as a janitor in Frito-Lay, and it worked his way up, um, and yeah, he probably is a weird guy now, but I think th- uh, I think they're making a movie about that guy, aren't they? Am I making that up? Yeah, starring uh, January Jones as the uh, wow. as Richard Mon- Montanez, the janitor at uh, Frito-Lay. I would love to see that. <laughs> He's got a big beard. <laughs> Yeah, Flamin' Hot is one thing that's coming around snack-wise. Snack trends, uh, the different flavors of Oreo as well as a snack trend that actually I'm down on. I'm down on the multiple Oreo flavors. Um, I don't care for that at all because best case scenario. Here's the best case scenario of the weird Oreo flavor, uh, and I'm going to walk you through this. Uh, buckle up, Buttercup. It's time to talk about Oreos. I don't know if you guys Oreo have, theory. Yeah. Buckle up. I don't know if you guys have thought about this. The best case scenario is you find a flavor of Oreo that is weird. That you fucking love. It's called like uh, like like Oreo Oreo meep, Oreo meeps. Yeah, you would say fucking meep, dude. You fucking would say meep. <laughs> what if it was like uh, Oreo with squeeze it flavored cream or whatever, right? And you're like, man, this sounds so weird, but this is actually my most favorite flavor of Oreo. I love this. This is the best flavor of Oreo I've ever had, and it's like red or green on the inside, whatever. And you get one bag of it, and then you go back to the store, and it's gone because it's a fucking gimmick flavor. They're not going to make that forever, you weirdo. They made it one time and then threw all their machines in the garbage. So what's the point? Remember when we went on the Doughboys and we did uh, Snack or Whack, and they had the, they had the what, the Halloween Oreos, and it was just like regular Oreos. They didn't I loved taste it. Different. I That's loved so it. Funny. Yes. What a fucking great scam that is, huh? The different color cream in the Oreos, yeah. I was talking. I was talking about the Doughboy. That's a great scam too. Um, all right, so that's snack trends for you. That's car trends for you, and that's the show. That's all we do on here, basically, is talk about snack and car trends. So, thanks for listening. We'll see you around another time, I guess. Meet you next time. God, no. Mike, you don't even realize what you said, bro. Fuck! <laughs> this is gonna be on the subreddit next, now. Next time, next time uh, on heap or meat. <laughs> hey guys, so uh, one little story uh, just happened. I was on my way over to the pharmacy. Uh, actually, I was at the pharmacy, uh, and I locked my keys out of my car. Or in my car. Um, 
as a matter of fact. And this all occurred while I was wearing your official I Am A Dumb Shithead t-shirt from shop.yourkickstartersucks.com. So everyone in the CBS parking lot got to see that uh, the disheveled weirdo with a bottle of Wild Turkey 101 and his antidepressants is, in fact, a dumb shithead that locked himself out of his car. Uh, thank you guys uh, for humiliating me for the millionth time. Love the show. Bye.